I'm Andy Hazard, and this is An Agrarian, a dispatch from an outpost in the middle of the Midwest. This is a pockmarked stream of conscious documentary of my reality in this cosmos. Join me on my journey through nature, humanity, and spirituality, evolution, agriculture, archaeology, philosophy, ecology, biology, astrology, psychology, and mathematics, politics, health, community, music, creativity, art, and tech, everything and the kitchen sink. As an agrarian, I employ the tool of planting seeds as a way of shifting reality. This is my audio version of seed planting. Enjoy! Hey, I want to preface this conversation with... um, you know, when you meet someone new and you get to chatting and whatever, and you realize, oh, we are kind of on the same level here. Let's, let's, let's talk. Let's share information. Let's share philosophy. Let's see where we're both at. So, but sometimes the person, you don't really know them at all. And so you end up, uh, I ended up having a text conversation last night with a stranger, essentially. I don't feel like they're a stranger. I feel like that we we have a, a a connection of some sort, and it's very meaningful. And we've lived completely different lives, but we're kind of on this. We're on the same path, you know. We're on the the seeker path, and so it's been really fun. And so that's kind of where this this episode starts is this conversation I'm having with this person that's essentially a stranger, but uh, I wouldn't consider them such. All right, here goes. Okay, we're working, we've been working on a horse project together and um, being neighborly and uh, what else? Okay. So when we were chatting, um, we realized that well, it's interesting. To me, I'm just going to try to like pull back from it. I'm in a I feel like in my life right now, I'm in a process of manifesting things. Um I'm super powered up with possibility, right? I have been quiet during COVID but plotting my next steps knowing that I've been preparing my whole life for this, for these challenges, because I could see them coming from when I was young, before I even knew what I was preparing for. Um, And it becomes clearer as the story of humanity unfolds about where we're going and how much people are not quite grasping what's going to happen and how... We need to have the pieces in place to meet them where they're at and bring them into what the new human future is going to be like. There's going to be lots of human futures, different ones. We've been trading news stories back and forth. uh, And I shared an article called The GOP Rancher Trying to Save Idaho from the Far Right. So the distinction that this woman, she has nothing to lose. I don't think she's in politics. 
she just was like, okay, this isn't going to work, you know. Uh, the the infighting and the not accomplishing things and the culture wars and, you know, like her thing was like, we have to deal with climate change. We have roads that we need repaired. We have issues with infrastructure. We have to make sure our schools are prepared for wildfires because they have fucking fires out there. Like it's deadly. Like they're not going to survive if they don't accomplish these things for their communities. If they don't accomplish these things for their communities in order to meet the pressing um, bearing down of, of climate change, they could all burn the fuck up. I mean, it's not a joke. Or be homeless because their house burned down and then where do they go? And now they live in a wreckage. They don't want to live in a, a post-apocalypse. Because that's what it's like when you go through a fire. If you've never had to go through even just a building burning down and having to clean it up, it could just be a little shed if you've even anything. Have you ever had to clean up a burn pile or any kind of garbage, like real garbage, like where there's metal in the soil? It is a fucking nightmare. Not to mention that you've lost all of your worldly possessions. I can't. I mean, really sit and think for a bit about what if your house burned down? Are you prepared for that? What if your house filled up with five feet of water? Like, really? All I'll say is get your fucking photographs up high. Get them out of the basement. Get them out of the garage. Get them up on the second floor or in an attic. Get them inside baggies. Get backup copies of like really pertinent papers, like this is, I don't have this done, you know, like backup copies of pertinent papers, you know, somewhere where they're safe. I mean, you can bury them. Burying things works good during floods because the ground's going to be wet, but it's probably not going to move. So pick a good spot, like be up high. Don't be down low. I don't know. I'm freaking out about it because I'm not freaking out about it. I just know, like, we have to get ready for this. We really have to get ready. So at any rate, we're we're sharing news stories from the Northwest and um, and just in general the world. And so we are in agreement about really that what we have running our world is a bunch of high profile pawns. And, um, I love this. I'm going to quote him, uh, advance a global empire driven by voodoo economics. So, you know, that's where we're at. Um, let's see. So we've just been, and I was saying, I'm not super well read. But that I do know that people of power, be it political, military, business, or religious, seek each other out in order to perform uh, to form protective coalitions and to perform, to put on the show of how they're working together or whatever, how they're tied together, or maybe not, maybe they're trying to hide that, but put on that performative show of power of might of faith of strength in what they they're trying to achieve right there are leaders um 
Okay. Political, military, business, or religious seek each other out in order to form protective coalitions. They are removing power from the masses and they do not want us to get it back. They seek to divide us so that we are fighting amongst ourselves and not fighting against them. Um, and he agreed. And then I said, uh, urban and rural, religious and non-religious, north, south, east, west, black, white, Packers, bears, coastal, landlocked, um, educated, uneducated, worldly, simple, big, small, war or peace, male or female, human, non-human. But really, at the end of the day, I just don't see how authoritarian leadership leads to more freedom, and I don't see how authoritarian leadership leads to more equality. If humans are sacred, then so is nature, because we are nature. I love origin stories. They serve a purpose to help people understand how they came to be, and they are useful even in modern times when we know a fuller truth of what has happened before us. Um, and I say that because I was listening to something today, just like a thing about early human um, writing and how we have clay tablets from thousands of years ago where people were writing. And they actually started with pictures first. And they say that the oldest known we have is the Sumerians. Could be older, we just don't have evidence. And they did pictures and so it would be a picture of a bird, B bird. So B, maybe they would turn B into the letter. The bird would morph into the letter because then they were like, oh, we can split this. So what nature is all about, splitting things. Split, 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 split. So the bird turns into the letter B. And then the letter B is able to interact with other letters to form the word bird, right? Because like, you know, hey, every generation improves upon the work of the last one, right? We're all just standing on each other's shoulders, but we only can see, it's hard for us to imagine standing on the shoulders of 10,000 generations of human beings. That's hard to imagine. We can imagine like comfortably 10 and then get, got to think logarithmic metric, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000. It's kind of funny, like they say, I think it's 7 billion years, the, the cosmos. And it seems so long because there's that B there that big B, but just think of it in terms as a seven. It's just a seven. That's it. So, I mean, part of the beauty of it being kind of logarithmic is that, yeah, there might be a bunch of zeros, but it's still a seven. So if you want to raise or lower it, you just need to go one. And once it gets going, it is like a snowball. You can make it go down, you can make it go up. What we need to do in order to survive, because we are going to have to pay our dues, you get that, right? We're all going to pay the dues. Some people profited off causing this, and many people have paid with their lives. But now, we're all going to have to pay our dues. 
And yeah, there's going to be people running off to islands. At some point, their money isn't going to be any good. Because at the end of the day, I don't care how much money you pay me, I'm going to feed my fucking self first. And then I'm going to feed the people near me, my family, my friends, our customers, our community. I'm not going to be shipping shit to Fiji. Fuck them. Go sit on your fucking island. Put your VR glasses on and check the fuck out. Bye. Assholes. But the only way it's going to happen is if we all, we got to coalesce. So how about we just coalesce around those things? How about we stop worrying what the fuck other people are doing? And we just worry about ourselves. Like, let's take America first another step. And I don't mean be selfish. I mean self and then turn to your right and turn to your left. And who's there and do they need help? And it starts in our own homes. And it starts in weaving ourselves back into our communities and into the natural world. It's going to be a very pleasant experience. It is going to be fucking challenging. And we really need to have conversations about how we're going to deal with twice as much rain. Because it's coming, it could happen, and we're going to have twice as much dry. Because it's a pendulum swinging back and forth, left and right, left and right. And we knocked it the fuck out of the park. Like I said, we way overshot what we needed. So, hey, let's decide what amount, now that we have all this technology, how much more do you really need? Let's choose what we find useful for ourselves and for our community and for our country. And the rest of it, it can go in the dustbin. We can hold it on a shelf until we, we can always go back to it. Giving it up doesn't mean it's gone. I mean, are fucking eight-track tapes gone? No. They're not gone. You can still do that whole thing. So choose, pick your poison, pick your decade, pick your era, whatever you want. I mean, the Amish and the Mennonites do it. Lots of indigenous people do it. I look at their lives and I think, fuck, I want to go do that. They're Maori people and they're a river that has personhood. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to live in a place where people want our rivers to be full of life. So that we can eat that. We need to eat that. We need to produce our own. Because the oceans need a fucking rest. We need to stop spraying chemicals on everything. We need to stop manufacturing chemicals that require remediation. Or figure out how much it costs to remediate it. And then... Poof, mark it up, there's your price. Real prices, real prices. That's what this is about. That's what all this counting everything, that's what it's about. And I know somewhere I did an episode on this because I was talking about how many billions of dollars they're going to spend figuring out what to count and how to count it. And I'm just like, Let's just use that money for something else to like actually make a change. 
right? The cost to remediate something, I don't know how it can be more expensive than the cost to figure out an alternative that doesn't require remediation. So just stop. Just be like, we're going to stop manufacturing these lines, and we're all doing this. And if we need to, to blow out patents, like, it, it, you have your patent, but you license it. So that it, it needs to be, this is huge, 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 huge open source, open source. Because it's not going to be. It's going to be, oh, we figured this out. We're going to charge all this money for the technology behind it. It needs to be open source and it needs to be reasonably available for whatever. I don't know how to figure it out, but you're not going to just sell rich people selling fancy stuff to richer people. or You know, it's just stupid. It's just this like fucking circle jerk of greed is what it is. It's a circle jerk of greed and power mongering and manipulation and just plain Tom fuckery. Look at what Elon Musk is doing. He is a child. He's acting like a child picking fights and, and pitting each other and pe pitting each other people against each other on the schoolyard. That's what that is. It's not power. It's fucking fourth grade bullshit. I'm sure he was raised better than that. And maybe he just devolved down into this. Maybe the right word is Machiavellian. I don't know. Maybe that's too good for him. Who knows? I didn't get that education. Uh, I'm just I'm just fucking spitballing now. But at any rate, uh, my point being that there's just a lot to know. And we knew we've barely been writing and like at the turn of the century, they figured out how to like weave, which is so fascinating. I mean, they knew, we all knew, we've been weaving forever, but weave with machines using punch cards and those fucking punch cards for weaving. This is such a Luddite thing too, because I think the Luddites burned some of these machines that replaced humans. And so I'm a Luddite. So I would be like, yeah, I don't know if I want a machine to weave anymore because that's going to put me out of business. But look up the Hebrides Islands. They're off Scotland, I believe, and those people have it going on. Maybe I'll make a whole thing of examples. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start plucking. So I would like to be the Illinois version of the Hebrides Islands. I would like to build a, a mecca of, of sheep flocks in small farm fields and a thriving economy of wool because wool is amazing. It is an amazing, amazing, long-lasting renewable fiber that we can use for so many different things. People are buying it now, expensive little pieces of wool insulation to put them in their fancy RVs and campers that they get because they can't afford a home, okay? Like, that's my reality. That's who I want to serve, you know? And then we could do our own dye stuffs. We can grow all the plants. They're all herbs. I mean, okay, oh, I don't want to be an herb farmer. Well, then pick something else. You know, my God, I don't know how many people, I, I can't even count the number of people I know that want to be herb farmers. 
whatever. Like, let's just make it happen. The healthcare thing, that will help. Fixing healthcare will help because it will drive costs down. And then we can use that money to fucking navigate climate change. Okay. I have more to say. It's all pouring out now. I've been in the car all day listening to stuff. Okay. If humans are sacred, then so is nature because we are nature. I love origin stories. They serve a purpose to help people understand how they came to be, and they're useful even in modern times when we know a fuller truth of what has happened before us. So my basic proposal is that we need to write our origin stories, our personal origin stories, stories that we maybe believed in or came to believe in, and where they let us, where they let us, where they led us, sorry, and how do we come to sit at the table together, and then what is the origin story of now of humanity for the future. We don't have to kill anything. What we have to do is neutralize the efforts to divide us, no matter where they spring from. So response was creation versus evolution, origins. If they could find the missing link, then evolution could finally be something more than a theory, LOL. So we have been doing the ribbing back and forth, which is like the most fun of the whole thing. Cause you're right on the edge. You're like, and here's the thing. I could start a fight with somebody, you know, I mean, I could just go somewhere. I, I, I am far ranging in my knowledge enough that I am certainly stupid enough to pick a fight with someone and say something on purpose to piss them off. I, I do. My father will be like, she does it to me all the time. Um, me and my sister too. But when it's a stranger, you just, it's different. You're, you're like, we're getting, you know, it's fun. I like a sparring partner. I like, I love to mentally spar and anyone that is good friends with me knows this. Um, and not spar so much. Sparring is fun, but, um, just let the ideas flow, you know, let it flow and then solve problems. I love it. That is my pastime. It is a great pastime problem solving. Super fun. Okay. And then I said, I don't know, maybe it's both. I'm trying to let go of duality, right? No more black and white, up, down, urban, rural, just is. And he said, interesting. So what is truth? Quote, what is truth? So I thought my response was pretty good because it was, it was more thought out because I wasn't off the cuff. I'm typing, um, which is probably what I should do with these. I should type these up. No, that takes so much time. Fuck that. I just, it's the flow of consciousness. It's good. Well, it passed through the prison. So I typed prism and autocorrected to prison. And I was like, started to delete it. And then I thought, no, no, I think that belongs there. It's passed through the prison prism of personal experience, right? So it's different for everyone. He said, no absolutes. We don't all occupy the same space-time continuum. I was listening to a podcast the other day. I listened to a lot of scientific stuff, and they were saying that every year they take measurements on all of the laws, um, for example, the speed of light. And I said, to go back to the one I sent before, I'm not in your body, you're not in mine. We can communicate because we have words, but we have not had the same life. 
So as it turns out, the speed of light changes, not a lot, but it changes. And it changes because everything is moving, right? Because the universe is expanding. Nothing is stable. Like nothing is certain except that you're flying, okay? Look at it like that. You're flying. And sometimes it's more peaceful and you're resting and then you're back up in the sky like wild geese. You're headed somewhere. Hopefully you're not lost. You're in formation, right? We have our formation. We have our our friends, our family, our faith, our whatever we have. That's our formation. And we're going somewhere. And we're taking turns leading. Yeah, one of the Sabian symbols for the year, I think it is, is wild geese in formation, maybe, or wild geese in flight. So that's like the overarching theme of the year. So I've been thinking about metaphors for it. So I think that's a nice one. But also, like, you know, our work circles are, we have many different, you know, we're, we're a group. We're together. Like, we're all in this together. We're not separate. And we need to be able to talk to each other and we need to be able to communicate with each other even when we disagree. And we need it to be, we need it to be efficient and fast and we need to make fucking decisions and we need to take seriously the numbers. We just need to, you know, I'm like, you, you don't have to believe in climate change. Your insurance agent does. And that's why all these companies are, they're not being threatened in anything. Like, if they don't adapt, people are not going to invest in them because they become more risky. Adapt or die. That's what the game here on earth is. Adapt or die. And attempt to adapt in a conscious way that doesn't destroy your habitat. Because when you do, you either move or you die. And we have boundaries everywhere. We can't just be moving anymore because we've locked ourselves in the prison prism and you got to fucking crack it and break it and get out of it so whatever that means so he said vibration frequency encompasses all and is in all and I wrote yeah I reckon that's a law see and this is how I end up listening to a lot of scientific stuff because now tomorrow I'm going to look that up but I did dive into quantum physics for a bit. He said, speed of light is a measurement that man believes can be measured accurately. Hmm. What is speed of thought? And I wrote, yeah, I guess maybe it's just all vibrating strings like music, except the vibrating strings organize and create us and everything else, which is also us because we're all made up of the same things. So another theory holds that any thought that has been previously thought is more likely that you will think. I hope you got that. Cool. Okay, that's why when you look at archaeology, it seems human beings all started using similar tools or exerting similar behaviors around the same time, even though they were living on different continents. I don't know if I'm starting to wonder if it isn't the radiation or some ma magnetic planetary pull, and that's why it affects people in different time-space continuums. Hundredth monkey theory to synthesize is the unreliable sorcerer says. I think that the theory is that a hundred monkeys learn how to do something new. The vibration becomes strong enough that monkeys 
disconnected by distance from them will pick up on the knowledge. Basically, we're like radio stations. We're each sending out a vibe. I mean, we are electric creatures, solar-powered batteries. And he said, perhaps we are triune, physical thought and spirit all connected. Yeah, it is. I believe that. Okay, part two here. Um, so like, let's see where I cut out. Okay, 100th monkey theory to synthesize the unreliable sorcerer says blah, blah. Basically, we're like radio stations. We're sending out a vibe. I mean, we are electric creatures, solar-powered batteries. And he said, perhaps we are triune, physical thought and spirit all connected. Laughed at solar-powered batteries. And I said, absolutely. I can totally. Hey, hey, stop barking. The coyotes are howling. Absolutely, I can. They come right up to the farm. They're very close. I can totally get on board. Hey, come here. You're gonna stop. I don't want to hear it. It hurts my ears. Stop. Stop it. Stop. Okay. Absolutely, I can totally get on board with that. And then I wrote, "Come on, human beings don't last long in the dark. We're like flowers. We need the sun." Come on, the fat is our battery. Well, it's our deep storage battery. And really, it's oil because it's fat, right? It's kind of fucked up to think that we run on oil and sugar, essentially, and that mycelium can eat us. And he wrote, miraculous and true, physically only. And I said, yeah, now that's where things get interesting. Where exactly does our spirits go? Next time we're together, remind me to tell you the story about the time I died in my dream. And then I sent him a link to, this is an awesome conversation, and here are my instructions. If you want a real trip, listen to this conversation very closely with your eyes closed and no distractions. And I sent him a link to a conversation I stumbled on a couple weeks ago. Um, it's called The Future of Humanity, McKenna Abraham Sheldrake, and it is on YouTube. Not very many people have watched it, uh, although I've noticed different stations have different viewers. It doesn't give you a total. I don't, I don't think that's a total. I think it's just for that station. The Future of Humanity, McKenna, Abraham, and Sheldrake. And if you want something interesting to listen to and you want to go in a time warp and think that time is folding back on itself and that we're living in an accordion of some sort that is like fucking crazy, listen to this conversation. And they have others, and I've been sifting through them, and they are, they require a lot of mental acuity, just not acuity, like, I don't know, maybe that's it, sharpness. You have to be every single word, because the things that they're talking about, they're crossing different dimensions of science of like one guy's a mathematician, the other guy's like was trained as a biologist. And then I think McKenna's background is plants and stuff like that. Um, and then they talk about, so they've been getting together and having these conversations for years and they do it in the private of their home. But in this case, they call them, um, tribunals or something like that where they get together and and philosophize together and they did this at Eslin in Big Sur California and 
the reason I ended up picking this one because it was Esalen. I was like, I know that place. I've been there. I know exactly where they were. And it is a very, very sacred, powerful place because it's just the way it's up on an ocean cliff and you just have the Pacific Ocean crashing and you're sitting in hot tub, like hot water is coming out of the mountain and you're in hot pools and you're looking down and watching otters play and you're watching, you know, the ocean wildlife, like the birds and everything. And it's just incredibly shaped by wind and spray and salt and so, and just like so many, like the soil there is, it's completely, it's just a very rocky landscape. It's incredibly beautiful up there. At any rate, so that's what made me pick it. And man, I picked right. I got the exact one I needed. I found he apparently, I didn't realize he died, I guess, or maybe I knew it and forgot. I never listened to him much. Um, McKenna, I never got into him. And part of it, I was thinking about this the other day. I think that I was really busy farming. That was most of it. And anything I was reading had to do with surviving. Okay. So I must be feeling very rich because I am now at this point in my life taking time to educate myself about what's going on in the world in terms of, I feel like I'm waking up. I'm like, okay, my head's been in the trenches. I haven't really been paying attention to what's going on. And then, you know, like we start to have a lot of changes in our country and that's good because we needed it. And the thing about chaos is it's a, a process of winnowing. Everything's mixed together and then you start to winnow and then you add some wind and you add some this and that. Pretty soon you got all the good stuff. You have everything separated. There's a great story in Women Who Run With Wolves about the girl that has to sort the poppy seeds from the dirt. Um, I can't remember. It's a wonderful story. Oh, God, it's good. Um, yeah, myth. Myth. Get your myth. Get your myth. That's been a Bible for me, women that run with wolves. I mean, realizing it took me years to really fully even understand what I was reading. Um, because the first time I, I have a tendency with books, I just open them up and I feel something and I read that and that has the answer. Or it has enough to get me to the next step and the book goes back on the shelf and that's that. And then when I need it, I go find it again and I'll open it up. But that book I really read. Like I read the forewords. I read the breakdown of the stories um, from all the different knowledge of the where they came from and what they really meant and how much information is woven into them because you got to think people weren't writing like all their knowledge had to be encased in a seed story so you could say one little word you know like things Grimm's fairy tales and stuff like that like that's what we were exposed to but that rabbit hole of myth and fable goes so deep it goes back to the beginning of time. I mean, that's what the stories in the Bible are. That's what all the sacred stories are. There are myth and fable. Some of them made it into books. Some of them, I mean, they change throughout time too in order to survive. A story will change in order to survive. Because oftentimes when we conquer each other, we want to foist our religious beliefs on each other, right? 
right? Isn't that the game? That's one of the games. Force your religious beliefs on other people. Force them to do what you think is right. All right. It's getting near my bedtime. Hey, y'all. If you have an idea for an episode, a thought, anything at all, leave it in a voice message here on the app and keep on going up. <laughs>